calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover. And you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Singularity by Bill DeSmet. Copyright 2004 by William H. DeSmet. All rights reserved. Chapter 26 Bell's Inequality. Knox's mouth felt dry. His eyes swept over the plush appointments of the first class cabin without seeing them, or seeing them but seeing through them, too, as if they weren't there. Seeing down through the world of appearances to the chaos churning just beneath the surface. He swallowed. How did he explain it? Make it real to someone who had never been there? How could he phrase it so he didn't just sound crazy? Above all, how did he talk about it without conjuring it up? without losing himself to it again in the act of speaking its name. He looked down to where his hand lay cradled in Mariana's, then up again into her warm brown eyes. The world seemed to regain form and solidity. The wriggling flux retreated to the periphery of his vision. He could do this. All he needed was a place to start. He took a deep breath. How much do you know about Quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics? The stare that Mariana had given him at the outset paled by comparison with this long, piercing look. As in the uncertainty principle? That's the place to start, all right. Knox made a conscious effort to relax. The uncertainty principle. Tell me about it. It's got something to do with uh, subatomic measurements, doesn't it? Like how you can't tell where an electron is at the same time you're measuring how fast it's going? Her expression bespoke her puzzlement at the turn this conversation was taking. Right. The position-momentum complementarity. Very good. And now for the real question. Just why is that? Why is what? Why you can't determine the position and momentum at the same time? Knox nodded. Let me think. It's been a long time, but isn't it because an electron is, like, so small that it takes a really high-energy beam of light, or whatever, just to get a fix on its location? So high that you wind up interfering with its speed and direction in the process. Mariana looked pleased at herself, as having recalled even that much. So, Knox said, a subatomic particle 
really possesses these two objective physical properties, position and momentum. They exist out there in reality. It's just that our instruments are too fumble-fingered to fix on the one without hopelessly screwing up the other. Is that about it? It was Mariana's turn to nod. Well, the good news is you're indistinguished company. Einstein himself thought the same thing. Spent the last 20 years of his life looking for the so-called hidden variables. And the bad news? It's demonstrably dead wrong. Say again? Back in the mid-60s, a researcher named of John Bell designed an experiment. Bell's inequality, it's called. It took over 15 years before anybody could figure how to carry it out. But when they did, Bell's inequality proved, proved, mind you, that our electron has neither a definite location nor a definite speed until somebody decides to look at one or the other. Disturbing stuff if you thought about it too much, as Knox had. He paused long enough to flag down a passing beverage cart. Considering what they charged for these last-minute seats, Air France could damn well spring for another doers. He sensed it was going to take at least that much to get through this. John, Mariana said, I'm sorry, but I'm not seeing the relevance. The relevance is that it makes particle physics a branch of psychology. Merci, Knox told the flight attendant as she handed him his scotch. Mariana accepted a Chardonnay and sat peering into its depth. He took a sip and resumed. A branch of psychology. Think about it. Here we have the best-tested, most reliable theory in the history of science. A theory, by the way, that's essential to the workings of everything from your laptop there to these little seatback HDTVs for the in-flight movie. And what it's saying... When you get right down to it is, just spit it out, he told himself. She won't think you're any crazier than she already does. What it's saying is it takes conscious choices by conscious minds to make reality real. That, in a nutshell, was what had attracted Knox to quantum mechanics in the first place, and what he found so profoundly disquieting about it now. Of course, most physicists don't think about it that way, he went on. They just kick back and do the matrix math. The answer comes out on the money every time, so who gives a damn what it all means, right? Almost nobody ever comes to grips with it on a gut level, ever thinks about what the world would have to be like for quantum mechanics really to be true. Almost nobody ever thinks about the void of indeterminacy that would be lying in wait beneath the firmest bedrock. Almost nobody thinks about it at all. Except me, he said at last. I do. I've been there. Mariana had gone to school in the no-nonsense, nose-to-the-grindstone 90s, when every third classmate aspired to be an engineer or an investment banker. Even so, she could relate. Dad had been a borderline hippie in his day, before Mom straightened him out. Some of his weirder friends were still back there, stuck in the 60s, walking wounded caught on an endless tape loop of drug-induced arrested development. Others hadn't made it out alive at all. It lasted maybe eight, ten hours all told, John was talking again, and included all the old can't-miss tour stops on your quintessential bad trip. You had your basic luminous snakes, your freeze-frame visuals, 
your disintegrating flesh the whole nine yards, but in the end there was only the void, a vast seething flux of noise and formlessness and meaninglessness, no one there, not even me, what the universe looks like when nobody's looking. It was hell, I guess, he sounded infinitely tired, a vision of hell, the ultimate mindfuck. But, John, it wasn't real. If it wasn't real, nothing is. The flux is the substrate, reality's ground floor, and God help me, once I'd seen it, I couldn't unsee it again. The flashbacks went on and on for months. After a while, it was like there was no fixed form to anything, nothing to hang on to, nowhere to rest. I'd be looking at something real and solid, a tree, say, and all of a sudden I'd just lose the idea of it, the idea of its being a thing in its own right. It would become radically contingent, not something out there, just something in my head, just a few bars of melody emerging for a moment out of the background noise. It was as if I could feel the winds of eternity howling through my soul, he whispered miserably, threatening to disperse me into streamers of indeterminacies and smear me out across the void. He looked up. Beads of sweat stood out on his forehead. He swallowed. Well, you wanted to know. She'd seen men paint themselves into some strange corners before, but, but this was John, damn it. He made as if to speak again, but she held a finger to his lips. Hush, she said. It's all right now. Not knowing what else to do, she unbuckled her seatbelt and, putting her arms around him, rocked him back and forth. She could feel his trembling subside as he relaxed in her embrace. There's more, he whispered in her ear. She drew back to look him in the face. He looked better, still pale, but back in control again. John, you don't have to. I'm really sorry I... Brought the whole thing up? She shrugged. Not what she'd been about to say, but close enough. Don't be. He tried to smile. I'm not. Ever since then, it seems like I've been living out my life not letting anyone really get to know me. Because, well, really getting to know me would mean getting to know that about me. He hesitated a moment, then said quietly, I want you to really get to know me. The kiss that followed left them both breathless. Anyway, I still haven't answered your question. Knox was feeling better. Incredibly good, considering the way he'd felt after some of his most intense sessions on Friedman's couch, as if the weight of worlds had lifted from his shoulders. Not now. Mariana held her face up for another kiss. Some time later, he tried again. Couldn't very well go this far and not finish. It was a rough year that next year. Hardly a day went by that I didn't think about... He broke off, restarted. It was friends got me through it. Pretty much kept me alive, I guess. Then, somewhere along about four months after the trip itself, something really strange started to happen. Seeing the look on her face, he added quickly, No, no, not bad strange. That I already had. This was good strange. Good how? Remember I told you how I could all of a sudden just lose an object in the background flux? 
how a tree would stop being a thing in itself and merge with the surrounding chaos? Mariana nodded doubtfully. Well, this was like that, except benign somehow. I could look at that tree and see its interconnectedness with its environment, see it as one strand in a much larger pattern, a universal pattern. One of my friends, she'd been there too, I guess, called it seeing the net. On the good days, the whole world would become a seamless fabric woven of fairy threads. There weren't that many good days, but they almost made up for all the bad ones. Got me through the nights. He paused. I'm saying this poorly. There may not be any way to say it right. At bottom, it's a non-verbal, maybe a pre-verbal experience, kind of like what Persig meant by quality in Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. Okay, that helps some. Lord, had Mariana read everything in his library? She sat there a moment in silence, then... And I can see it helped you. But, John, I've got to ask you, was it... is it real? As real as the other. At least it seems valid as far as quantum mechanics goes. The arcane theory had become his touchstone, his proof that he wasn't crazy, no more so than reality itself, anyway. That's what Bell's inequality really showed, you know, he went on. That the universe as a whole is a web of these interconnections. Phase entanglements, they're called. Everything bound to everything else, renewing the bond from moment to moment, instantaneously. Instantaneously? What about the speed of light? I thought that was an upper limit. For a material object or a message, light speed doesn't apply here. There's no real information being passed around other than mere existence. It's just sort of a continual background murmur. I am here. I am here. I am here, she echoed softly, leaning toward him again. What a woman, Knox marveled. Mariana could make even quantum mechanics sound sexy. They did a little phase entangling of their own for a while. John? That single breathy syllable tickled his ear. Something about Mariana's tone of voice snapped Knox back to reality some note of regret coupled with resolve. He pulled back from her just enough to survey her face in the dimmed cabin light and found the same mix of emotions there. John, she repeated, if this seeing the net thing of yours really works, she took a deep breath, then could it work for us, here and now? What, with antipode, you mean? Uh Uh-huh. Seems like the more we learn, the less we know. If there's really a rabbit in that pattern-matching hat of yours, now's the time to pull it out. It's not like I can turn it on and off at will. I don't summon the insights. They're just there sometimes. Knox executed a gesture midway between a shudder and a shrug. If I could control it, I'd bottle it and sell it and let the buyer beware. Come to think, though, there had been something the other night. Something Galena had said at the banquet. Something that seemed to resonate somehow with one of Sasha's old hobby horses. The one Sasha had balked at talking about that night on the bridge. What is it, Mariana said. You went away again there. Hmm? Oh, nothing. Nothing that he was ready to share with her right now, that's for sure. But even as he reached out to draw her close again, he found himself wondering 
what in God's name did Tunguska have to do with really, really little black holes? You've been listening to Singularity by Bill DeSmet. 